This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. This is a UK Coaching podcast. My name is Tom Hartley. I'm a Senior Coach Developer at UK Coaching. And I'm joined on the podcast today uh, by Luke Chadwick. Um, And Luke, I'll let you introduce yourself um, before I steal your thunder. Thank you, Tom. So my name's Luke Chadwick. I'm an ex-professional football player, ex-coach within an academy set up at a professional club. And now I work as a franchisee head coach at an organisation called uh, the Football Fun Factory. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Um, but throughout the conversation today, uh, we want to, to dig a bit deeper into what your coaching philosophy is, Luke, and, and almost how you've, how you've developed that and adapted over time and in through your kind of steps into coaching. Um, but before we get stuck into that, I'd love just to know a little bit more about kind of your background into, into playing football. What, what were your, your first experiences of the game? What, what was it like for you when you were starting out? I think my first memories of the game were playing in the back garden with my with my father and older brother. I think I grew up in a, a small village in the south of Cambridge where we had quite a small house that we lived in, but we were fortunate to have quite a big garden out the back. So my earliest memories are just spending time in the garden, kicking a ball about and just enjoying this loving the fact that I had that much space to run around and I had a football with me as well. I think the first, when I really fell in love with a game of football was probably the first time I ever experienced a live game. So my my dad took me when I was six or seven to go and watch Cambridge United at the Abbey Stadium. And I went into the game and it absolutely blew my mind being so close to the players, seeing the action at such close quarters, being part of the atmosphere, hearing the the crowd shouting. It it just amazed me. And I think ever since that day, football just encapsulated me and it was something I wanted to do every day of my life really I, I you know I, that, that resonates with me I, I went to see Swindon Town play when I when in 1993 when I was eight years old and I knew from that moment that that um, was the way forwards for me um, slightly envious that you got to live out your career and I mine's just in my head <laughs> I think that when you say in your head I'm it was always my dream then. So every night I'd go to bed, probably up to the age of 16, 17, I was always fantasising about being a professional footballer, about playing for Cambridge United and scoring a goal at that Newmarket Road end where I'd stand as a teenager and watch. And I think, like you say, it was that visualisation. Obviously, you don't think like you're doing it at the time. You're just sort of imagining, daydreaming what's going to happen. But I think that was a massive part of me achieving becoming a professional footballer, where them in the garden fantasising and visualising, playing with all these famous players and they passed it to Luke Chadwick who'd kick it in the goal. So it was um, incredible. Without doubt, the most the most amount of time I spent playing football was on my own, not being coached or in training sessions. It was out in the back garden on my own, just, just playing the game. That, that's really interesting, and I, I, that could be a whole other conversation in, in, in itself, but um, when, when you kind of stepped into academy football and, and more, I guess, when the game became a bit more serious and it became more of a career path, did that change how you felt about playing the game? Not really, because I probably spent my whole 
sort of academy career or a career as a kid hardly training because I played obviously played for my Sunday league club to start with in the local village. Then I moved on and played for for Arsenal for one season as an under 13 where I would have trained once a week and played from on a Sunday. Then from the age of 14 after signing for Manchester United, I'd, all, I'd, all my football away from Man United was just playing with my mates or playing on my own. The only time I'd, I'd go up to Manchester because I lived so far away, I'd go up to Manchester on a Friday and I'd be on the, on the bench for that A or the B team on the Saturday morning. Then I'd play the game for my age group on the Sunday, then travel back. So the whole week it was left to my own devices to sort of train myself or just experiment playing football on my own. That's, a, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I think, I think there's a real message in that in terms of the balance for, between that structured practice and, and the opportunity to just go and, go and play. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, obviously, it's a completely different world now. In my, in my opinion, this could be completely wrong, but I do think the, the children that come into academies, I think maybe it is a little bit too structured. It sort of takes away from the, the freedom of the game to a certain extent. You look at some amazing, amazing players in the academy system, but they're quite similar in the way that they play. If they they come into the academy system at seven, eight years old, and then they're, they're coached the same way. I think there is there is scope for more for more freedom in the game, to find them sort of free-spirited players, them different sort of players. I, I think of the likes of maybe Jamie Vardy, who came into the game so late in the day and sort of plays a, a little bit different in terms of his style of play. So I think there is not problems, because of course uh, the players coming through are amazing, but they don't all come through. So I think it's so important that, that that journey through whatever way you go around football is something you enjoy and has been an incredible experience for, for you. So before, before we get stuck into kind of your, your coaching philosophy, um, in terms of your career and your time from before, before you kind of signed for an academy through, through your time playing at kind of a range of professional clubs, what, what stood out for you as kind of really key moments or, or really memorable times throughout your, 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 your playing career? I think Amer- the first time I ever went up to, to Manchester United as a trial player was, was an incredible, incredible experience. I was um, a really quiet, shy boy who didn't like coming out of his company. I would like to be settling, settled into the environment where I was. So I, I went and played for for Arsenal for a season and Arsenal was a fantastic football club but I didn't really enjoy going because it took me out of my comfort zone and I I didn't really like going to the training sessions I preferred the games but I'd go and occasionally I'd say to my mum that I'd make up an upset stomach to save me going to to Arsenal of, of an evening to, to go and do the training the second I stepped into the environment at Manchester United again I was full of obviously excitement, but trepidation at the same time because it was, again, new people. But I was made to feel so welcome immediately. I was in an environment where it was nothing I'd ever experienced before in my life. It was like Disney World of football. Everyone wanted to... Everyone was so happy to see you. It's like whoever you were, it seemed like everyone was so happy to be there. And I think that was probably a huge lesson that I learned going through my journey as, as a coach that 
you've got to want to do it. It's it can't be a chore. And I found at Man United that it was like that. Like the environment was it's so hard to explain, but it was amazing. I, I signed for the club, and I I couldn't wait for every school holiday where I'd spend time up there and just being around these people and just sort of getting a buzz off their enthusiasm for it and it rubbing off on me and just loving being there and wanting to be part of the the furniture, as it were, at an incredible organisation like that. Sounds amazing. Sounds like every every um, young boy and young girl's dream um, in terms of just, just going going to somewhere like that and, and, and it being such a joyous, you kind of see the smile on your face when you're talking about it, just joyous experience for you. Yeah, and I think it's them, them, them early days when you're coming through the club. And then when I, I moved up there, when I left school at 16, in the first couple of weeks, I was really homesick because I missed home. It was completely different. Salford by the Littleton Road is completely different to the little village I live in, the south of Cambridge. And I sort of found it so different and I wanted to come home. But after that two weeks, it was them two years as a scholar were probably the best years most enjoyable years as a, of my football career, just doing something you love every day with a bunch of like-minded people, with staff that love the fact that you're there and they love doing what they're doing. It was um, a wonderful, wonderful period of my life. So have those experiences that you had there, has that rubbed off on you in terms of the way that you want to go and coach now and the way that the experience you want to give to the young people that you're working with? Yeah, I think... To be completely honest, Manchester United taught me how to to live my life in terms of coaching and life in general, of what was expected of you in terms of hard work, but hard work because you want to work hard, being part of something special, being part of sort of the, what's the word I'm looking for? You're... you're you're part of an incredible organisation that you you should be proud of being, and we were also proud to be part of it. So all them sort of life skills that lead you along your way, whether you became a footballer or not, I'd like to think I took them into the to the rest of my career and into my life after football, and now obviously in a completely different environment at the Football Fun Factory, but with the same morals and the same idealists of what we want to achieve with these young people, not making incredible footballers, but helping improve these people, improve their life skills, and at the same time, have fun playing football, which which what it should be, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And and lots of the conversations we have at, at work at UK Coaching talk about, well, actually, if you look after the person, then the athletic qualities within them will kind of take care of themselves, and, and it's it's coaching people, not, not players. Yeah, without a complete, let's completely agree with that. It is all about how you're treated as a person. I was lucky enough throughout my football career to work with some exceptional managers, but all them exceptional managers, what I remember about them more than any tactical information they might have gave me was how they treated me as a person. And that was always something that meant more to me. And I think it means more to everyone. There's Football is a game. It was a job, an incredible job, don't get me wrong, but it was always about how you were treated as a person and these top managers treat you better as a person than, than anyone else, really. So, Luke, uh, like I said to you before we started recording, um, one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you because when, when I saw your profile and where you're working now, 
and with the, in, in the football fun factory, it just made me smile to see um, someone who's who's played at the highest level, won the Premier League, but working in an environment with young people in in what kind of looks feels like a really great participation program. Um, what what's drawn you down that road rather than that's where maybe some of the contemporaries might go and, and want to work with elite footballers? What, what, why is this special to you? I think it why it's special to me. I think it just strips it all back. I spoke about when I first started playing. All I can remember is I don't remember getting told to practice my left foot or do a certain skill. I just remember running around as a child, having fun, and I felt so free. This appealed to me so much because it is just stripping the game right back to that first ever involvement in it. When my um, career came to an end, my professional career, it was um, I found it really, really hard in terms of dealing with the fact that I weren't a footballer anymore. I went through my coaching qualifications because I felt like that's what I needed to do because I was a footballer. Now I need to be a coach at a professional football club. So I went down that route. The coaching qualifications were fantastic, by the way. I learned so much from them. But as a player, I never saw myself as a coach, to be honest with you. It weren't something I thought I'd go into at the end. And then the end came nearer and I sort of fell into it, got a job at Cambridge United within the academy, which I was absolutely delighted about, started doing the job. And I just didn't, I worked with fantastic people, fantastic kids there, but I just didn't enjoy it. It just weren't, it weren't for me. I'd get up every morning. It was just a means to an end, really. It weren't something that I loved doing. And I sort of looked into it a little bit more. And it was all just, for me, it was a bit too serious in terms of the coaching sessions we've put on there weren't enough smiles from from the kids don't get me wrong that was probably my sessions because they weren't smiling but it was um it was always I don't think it was enough and this wasn't the clubs for way it was more about the destination than the journey I think there was a lot of kids there that were there because they thought they'd just go through the system and become a professional footballer obviously that was our job to to guide them and make them understand that. But it, it just seemed a bit too structured and a bit too not fun enough from the earliest ages. And again, it was it just didn't sit right with me. It weren't something that I wanted to, to spend my life doing. It, I didn't feel like it was my life's calling to, to be someone that coaches elite players and sees them through to the professional game. And there is wonderful work that goes on in academies throughout the country but it just weren't it certainly wasn't for me so I spoke to the co-founders of the Football Fun Factory who got in touch with me because I did a a podcast with them and they just told me about the idea of it is pure it's not a development program whatsoever we're not linked to professional clubs it purely is just making football fun and that first experience being something that you're you can fall in love with. It's um, using football as a vehicle to to develop positive life skills like communication, teamwork, sportsmanship. Well, in all our sessions, we celebrate that sort of thing probably more than someone scoring 20 goals or showing incredible skills. It is, it's about life development just as it is about football development. So it's completely... I'm completely out of my comfort zone doing this because I've never been involved it's always been elite playing or coaching elite players so it's completely different but I do 
I love it, to be honest with you. It's just the right path for me and something that I, I really enjoy doing. That, that's such an interesting response. Um, the, the, there's so much in that I'd love to unpick. Um, and you, you spoke at the start around, around this about you really enjoying the coaching qualifications and, and learning lots from that. Do, do you think that perhaps with the experiences you've had um, through your kind of developmental years as a footballer, and, and that emphasis being on just fun and play and enjoying it. Like almost linking that up with the how to coach has had a big impact on the way you like to go and deliver your practice. Yeah, I think like I was so far, I mentioned it again, out my comfort zone going to do that. I started down my level two when I was probably 33 years old. I went up to St. George's Park and I think I was on it with Kevin Phillips. Other It was through the PFA, so there was a lot of professional players in there and for me to stand in front of my peers and deliver that coaching session was something that was so uncomfortable for me to do there was another lad on the course I wait he played about 500 professional games and he just stopped he didn't do the course because he couldn't stand in front of the the group and deliver it and I think that was sort of learning them lessons obviously you've got a lot of information inside your head from years and years of playing but that doesn't, and I feel like there is a little bit of this at times, entitlement from ex-players that they, they should just be able to go and coach when they don't know how to do it. So it taught me so much of just the, the basics of how to coach. Then went on to the UEFA B where it was more obviously tactical and that was so intense. Again, I found it so hard to take all this information on of how, I've got the information of how to play the game, but not how to to teach the game. So I went through the UEFA B, then straight onto the, so I probably, the UEFA A and probably crammed all of them in probably a little bit too quickly, but the learning from it was, was incredible really. But it was more around the delivery of the session. I think the information's there, but to actually deliver it to your peers, I found it so challenging and so uncomfortable to do, but having done it, it was so good for have done it. It, it taught me, as a footballer, your, your life sort of maps out for you. You don't have to do that much for yourself except go on to the, the pitch and try and perform at your highest level. As a coach, it's, it was completely different. And this felt like something I was doing for myself and something that I could take forward and have a career out of coaching. I think what you just described is possibly what almost every coach going through coach education feels like at some stage. And I, I can remember doing my, my little two and standing in front of 20 people um, and having to show them my knowledge as a coach. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't have enough knowledge to be able to tell you where to run and what to say and what to do. Um, and it must, have taken, it must have taken some bravery to put yourself in that position to, to, to at least have a go at it. Oh, without us so... Proud, probably more proud of myself than I've been for my whole career as a footballer just to have gone through that, not just I passed it, but for actually putting myself out there and going to do it. I know a lot of people I speak to about it and will listen to me, they're surprised about that because you're an ex-footballer, you're comfortable just doing it. But it's, it's so far removed coaching from actually playing the game. There's so People think it should be something you can just slide into, but I found it hugely challenging to go and to go and do that and sort of cross over from player to to coach 
So, so where, where do you see yourself now, Luke? You said, you said a moment ago that when, when you were finishing your career, it was a really difficult time kind of stepping away from the identity of being a professional footballer. Are, are, you, um, are you Luke the ex-pro or you are, are you Luke the coach now? I'd like to just be Luke the person now, to be honest with you. I like to just so I feel so sort of happy to to step away from it. I've had I love football. I loved all the clubs I played for, I loved coaching at Cambridge, but I'm so much happier stepping away from the professional game and sort of doing something a little bit different. I've like I've had my career in professional football, I've loved it. But don't get me wrong, there's been loads of downs, loads of ups as well. But this, I feel so comfortable doing what I'm doing and really enjoying trying to make a difference, particularly where I do my sessions, is the community where I grew up. So I do a session at the secondary school where I went to school, a session at where my kids went to school. So it's so important to me to try and give something back to the area that taught me how to play football because I spent my childhood years playing around these villages of an evening and in organised football as well. So it's a real rewarding role where in terms of in the elite game, when I was coaching the kids, I think I had more, I'd done more good in terms of the advice I'd give in terms of how important education was and sort of driving the standards educationally, probably more than I did on the pitch. I might be doing myself a disservice there, but that's how I felt. Here I feel like I can teach football which obviously I, I know about but at the same time really promote positive life skills so they get that at school and it's an opportunity of getting that at their football lesson as well of a of an evening so if uh, everyone listening was to, to rock up to a, to a Luke Chadwick coaching session uh, what what would we expect to see what I guess the question I'm asking is how does your philosophy as a coach almost putting people at the heart of of your coaching how does that come to life in your practice I think it comes to life particularly at Football Farm Factory with all the coaches it's, it's huge enthusiasm as I mentioned at, at Manchester United the last in memory I've got as a as a schoolboy player is going up there and all the coaches being delighted so every player greeted as if you've not seen them in five years your long lost little boy has come back and it's just real enthusiasm I think what's really important at the sessions we do is is managing the difference between them because it's kids of all boys and girls of all ages and abilities coming together so how do we make sure that each child has an incredible experience whether you're a highly gifted young footballer or if you're just a young girl or boy who's taking their first steps in the game so it's really around managing difference and you really emphasizing that praise for incredible like I said before them skills away from the game so someone helping someone up if they've got hurt seeing if they're all right if the you kick the ball out of play being really honest about it and giving the ball to the other team so it's all about developing that my philosophy is around football being fun obviously it works quite well that I work for the football fun factory but we're there to be all about the kids I think when it comes away from that and it becomes about the coach, you sort of you've lost what kids' football is all about. Whether that's academy level, national level, or grassroots level, it it has to be all about the children and it has to be about their development. And in my opinion, whatever level development as people first and football second, really, because 
however it works, uh, chances are a career in professional football is not going to be forthcoming, but there is going to be a career for you out there somewhere. And then lessons that you can learn through sport can be, inc- well, they're massively important moving forward, whatever, whatever walk of life you end up walking down. Yeah, 100%. And, and do you know, Luke, I think the, the kind of the messages that you're sharing around um, making making sport or football as accessible and as positive for, for all the young people who want to come play as possible is, is a message that, that should be celebrated. And I think I've, I've heard this phrase used a lot, but everybody starts at grassroots. Everybody starts at this stage. And it doesn't really matter if they're going to go down that route of becoming a professional footballer or if they go and do a, a, a job in, in another, another part of the world, if you're giving them a really positive experience of developing other skills rather than the technical, tactical stuff, it's just as valuable. Yeah, and I think when you play football anyway, regardless if it's one of us qualified coaches telling you, just by playing, you improve that technical, tactical side because that is, that's the game, isn't it? By playing it, I think it's the other things that can be sort of really emphasised that, that can help everyone move forward in whatever, like you mentioned, whatever whatever they decide to do with their with their lives moving forward. So in, in terms of yourself and, and your development, um, where, where now do you get your learning from? Where, where do you look to, to try and improve the stuff that you're doing? I think in terms of me, I just want to continually improve. I think I've, the communication side of it is something I'm really trying to, to work better on in terms of expressing myself a little bit easier and making myself understood a little bit better so I'm always practicing that I'm not in terms of coaching I'm desperate to improve as a person every day so that might not be anything to do with coaching but whatever it is it's going to help me when I'm out on the grass coaching these little boys and girls so in terms of improvement whatever it is I'm looking for a little bit to be a better person every day to to help the to help myself first and foremost to live a happy life, but to help the participants and my fellow coaches at the at the football fun factory. I think I think that's awesome, and something I've mentioned in a couple of the other podcasts I've recorded is some of the some of the work which has been done by uh, some researchers over in Canada about transformational coaching. So um, this research has highlighted kind of eleven behaviours that coaches can show on a regular basis that has a huge impact on the young people that they're coaching. And, and two of those that come out are around modeling um, vulnerability and humanism. Um, because actually, if you can if you can demonstrate to the young people in front of you that you as a coach are willing to take a risk and try something new, or that you're already kind of humble with the way that you approach winning, losing, trying stuff out, um, that has a has a knock on effect, and, and maybe those young people are then more willing to give those things a go for themselves. Yeah, and I think that vulnerability is such a, a massive word, which I think can be lost a little bit in coaching, particularly at the the higher levels, where it's sort of there can be maybe a little bit of ego involved. Where I was as bad as anyone. I when I first started coaching, it was important to me to win the game for Cambridge United under 15s, which probably lost a bit of development. And I'd be at the side of the pitch shouting at a referee about a decision he'd made wrong. And it, I just didn't like that person that football can 
make me become. Obviously, it happened when I was a player on the pitch, but now I'm teaching these young boys what sort of um, example is that to set. So I was always quite good at self-reflecting and like looking back, I, we probably can show that vulnerability so, so much more and it, it can help children so much, well, all people so much, to have that ability to be to be vulnerable at times. You don't always have to be the, the person that knows everything because none of us do, do we? we? We can make out that we do. I know I do it a lot where I make out I know something, but a lot of the time I haven't got a clue. So I, I think that vulnerability can help in, in all walks of life, really. I remember doing some sessions with... Um, when I was at Cambridge, some individual stuff with a, with a lad who couldn't kick it with his left foot. So I'd done a bit of individual stuff and I found the best way for me to, to help him was I'd pass it with my left foot and the, he didn't know this, but deliberately I'd keep messing it up and shanking it all over and him seeing me do that and obviously an ex-professional footballer sort of thought, well, I might as well have a go because he's been playing for so many years and he still can't do it right every time. And that really helped me sort of showing my vulnerability by messing up as well, that he could go on. And now he, he's one of my, um, great to see him when I see him play now, that he can use his left foot. And it was sort of them, that original lessons or us working together that now sees him showing improvement. That's awesome. I love that story. And, and I think you're right in terms of demonstrating that we can't all get it right all the time, almost gives permission to the people that you coach in there. It's um, it's all right to make a mistake. You perhaps move some of that fear of failure. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I'm at a point now where I think you can be openly admit you, you've had a bad session. I think a lot of the time you put on a poor session, but you want to explain why you've done it. Where at times it's best just to say it's not worked. These are the reasons it's not worked. There's no point trying to make excuses about it. I think that the vulnerability in, in all walks of life is something that's huge and can really help with your own personal development. One of the things that you mentioned a minute ago that I think is perhaps a skill that lots of coaches um, might really think think is important but, but struggle to find time to do effectively is that is that reflection. Um, because actually we all know that by reflecting on our practice and really taking time to think about what's worked, what hasn't, what changes we might want to make, it, it will make for a, a better experience for the people that you're coaching in the future um how, how what does reflection look like for you is it is it a case of writing stuff down or, or making voice notes talking to someone else or, or maybe a combination of lots of yeah i think something that, that is a huge part of the coaching journey in terms of qualifications was it was always really pushed upon us that importance of self-reflection so the reflection i find most effective for me is by talking to someone else who might have observed the session, even talking to the to the children in the session, although they can be over nice at times because they've been involved in the session. And also, it's so important to me to have, to make that time for myself to reflect on from what I've done, whether it be a meeting that I've had or a training session that I've taken of where I believe that I can improve what was good about it because we can be a little hard on ourselves at times as well and just sort of, feel that everything was bad. So there's going to be positives and negatives of what you've done, whether that be a training session or whatever, really. It's just taking the time for yourself to to really think about it. And I like to make notes on a bit of paper in my notebook and just sort of go back on that and see 
if I've got something, the next session, maybe I can do this a little bit differently. Like I say, the sessions that we do at the Football Fun Factory are not sort of all singing, all dancing. We won't be setting up a, a phase of play. It is, um, it is purely around fun and enjoyment. So the reflection I'll sort of be is, how did I communicate in this session? How did, did I affect every single child in that training session? Did everyone enjoy it, whether they were highly gifted or it was their first one? So that's the sort of reflection that we like to do within the sessions that we put on at the, at the Fun Factory. Brilliant. Um, Luke, it's been, it's been really interesting to kind of understand a bit more about the why behind your coaching and, and the route that you've taken post post being a, a professional player. Um, to kind of pull, pull the conversation um, into a close, I've got a few kind of quick questions, if that's all right. Um, so first of all, uh, what would you describe as your, your super strength as a coach? Super strength? I'd say enthusiasm. Yeah, you know what, with, with, with the smile on your face, Luke, throughout. Yeah, <laughs> it's rubbed off on me as well. I'm going to go off and get things up. <laughs> um, are there any podcasts or any any books uh, or anything you've seen out there that you'd recommend to other coaches? Um, it's probably not a coach. He doesn't write about coaching, but I'd recommend all Matthew Saeed's books in terms of what he talks about and particularly when we talk about reflection and that sort of thing and how we work with other people. I think he's, his writing is incredible. Awesome. I've got a few of those on the bookshelf next to me as well. Um with, with your your coaching hat on and knowing what you know know now after being through a, a playing career and also your coaching qualification, um, if you were going to give some advice to to the fifteen year old who who's kind of thinking about pursuing a career in football, um, what would what would you say? I'd probably tell him to to worry about the other stuff as well in terms of what it takes to become a top level footballer. So I was always loved playing football but I was a playground player throughout my career so as soon as football finished I probably wouldn't do the extra bits and pieces that go with it in terms of the rehab the prehab the gym stuff so I'd probably make myself aware that it's vitally important that I do that because I've suffered a few injuries through my career particularly in my younger days when probably everyone else was in the gym and I was just finished my football and went home so I think it's got to be to become at that elite level anyway, it's got to be everything. It's not just about what you do on the football pitch. It's what you do off it as well. And then just, just, just finally then, for, for any coaches who are listening, and I think listening to the podcast will be coaches working across that whole spectrum from, from grassroots and participation all the way through to perhaps working with elite performers. Um, is there any advice that you'd want to, to share with other coaches or anything that's really stuck with you that you think would have a, an impact on other people in their potential as coaches? I think it's, it'd be around the, the love of the game. I think we all do this because we love football. And I think when you step away from that, when you sort of, it turns into just a job, I think it can get a bit... Uh, you come a bit stale in what you're doing. I think forever looking to evolve, always looking to improve. You've got to love what you're doing, whether you want to progress or you're happy what you're doing now. It's always a case of don't fall out of love with a game because if you do, it's it's just another job. And at the moment, if all the listeners are involved in it, I'm sure they're doing a job 
that they love doing because it is a pleasure to be involved in football, whatever level that is. I don't think it's, if you're a grassroots coach, you're doing just as good a job as an academy coach if your kids are coming to training every week and leaving with a smile on their face and they're enjoying what they're doing. That, that, that's a brilliant message. Um, and I think you're right. It, 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 it doesn't matter what, what you're going to do tomorrow unless you get today right and you give that really positive experience. And the longer people, coaches can keep young people in sport, then the better for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's such a privilege to be, to be able to affect young people in a positive way. I think I'm certainly like it. I'm sure you are as well. We all remember our first coaches when we were kids and now we're in that incredible position of being that first coach, someone that these kids are going to remember for the next 40, 50 years. So if we can do a good job in what we're doing, then the children have got such a, a positive platform to, to build off in football and as mentioned earlier, whatever walk of life they decide to to go down. Brilliant. Well, Luke, thank you so much for giving up the last kind of 30, 40 minutes and, and chatting through your journey, uh, through playing and through coaching as well. It's been, it's been a fascinating listen. No worries, Tom. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.